All to you to get to, to God today, God. Though, we good? All right. I'm going to talk to you today about a spirit-filled body. A spirit-filled body. So last week, you remember, remember what I preached about last week? Purpose of the church. The purpose. I don't remember last last week either, Sister Linda. Don't feel bad. <laughs> and I studied for hours to preach it. The purpose of the church, right? So we talked about the church is the body. It's not, it's not we're, we're the body of Christ. Jesus is the head and we're the body. And, and the church isn't this building that we come to, this brick and this, and this mortar and this drywall that we come to, but the church is us. We take the church with, with us. I, I got to tell you, I'm a participatory preacher, right? Get a few head nods, some amens, a little rolling around. We'll, 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 we'll get out of here and get you out of here in time. So, so this is kind of a continuation onto that. So last week we talked about the physical part of what the body does, right? The, the church provides a service. The service, I'm not talking about the service where we come to church and we have three songs and, and, we, and we praise God and we come and pray. I'm not talking about that kind of service. I'm talking about the service that the church provides to the community, to the people around us, right? We're, we, we, we build people up. So what the, that's what the church's job is to do, to be a link from the world to Jesus, right? So we build people up. We introduce them to him, right? We foster a relationship by loving on people, just like a foster family would do. If you bring a foster child into your home, you act as that, as that child's parents. Are you following me? So we're fostering the love, the love of God into the world, so we, we're the link to, from, from the world to him. Does that make sense? So am I saying that in such a way that makes sense? Um, so we're, t- we're to teach and we equip the, the world to become the army or the church, right? We bring them in, we, we foster this relationship, we introduce them to Jesus, we foster that relationship, then we teach them and we equip them. We teach them what the Word of God says so they can turn around and do the same thing that we just did for them. They can become the church, they can become the army of God, right? So we talked last week about Jesus is the head and we're the body or the church is the body. We talked about last week that we were separated from God because of sin, Remember that part? I'm just recapping because it's a continuation on from there right there. We're going to talk about the spiritual side of this today. We talked about the physical aspect of it last week. So Jesus paid the price through his sacrifice so that I could be reconciled back to God. So that you could be reconciled back to God. We haven't played that song in a long time, right? That, what was the name of that song? No, no, not Rooftops. The one before that one. Redeemed. I thought that used to be our theme song. I couldn't think of the remember the name of it there for a minute, but, but, but redeemed is an awesome song. And, and Jesus paid the price so that I could be reconciled back to God. I don't have to be that person I used to be anymore. I don't have to live in sin, right? I don't have to be a slave to that, to that thing any longer. Whatever it was that, that plagued me, I don't have to be a slave, slave to that anymore. So, so he is our head. He's our link back to God. Does that make sense to you? Jesus is our link to God and we're to be the body, the world's link back to God. Right, so Ephesians four. I got a lot of scripture today because I want to prove this to you. I want to show this to you about the spiritual side of the body, what the body is supposed to do spiritually. Ephesians chapter four, verses nine through sixteen says this. Now this he Jesus, right? Jesus ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. We've talked about this before, right? After he, when Jesus died, when he was in the grave for that three days, he went down to hell. Right? Took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Says he put the enemy on public display. Stripped him down naked. Didn't have any defenses, no weapons, and, and marched him around publicly. Right? And on public display. That's what this means here. So we've talked about that before. He, he or Jesus who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Now hold on right there for one second. Remember we read about this last week. Remember in Ephesians 1, 23, we read 19 through 23, where it says the body, the, the power that Christ used when he raised Jesus is available to us. Remember, everybody remember that? 
We're recapping here, right? And it says that Jesus is the head, the one that fulfills all in all. The head fulfills everything to the church. All in all, the, same, the scripture is talking about the same thing here in Ephesians that he talked about earlier in Ephesians in chapter 1. So Jesus fulfills everything all in all to the church, fulfills everything to the church. Come on, sis. And 11 says, and he himself gave some to be apostles. We're talking about spiritual things here, right? We talked about the body last week, or the physical things of the body last week. Remember we talked about the body parts and all those things? This week we're going to talk about the spiritual side of that. So he gave to himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. There's five there, right? That's a five-fold ministry that's supposed to operate in every healthy church, right? Now, God can use the pastor to fulfill other roles, but other people need to step up into those roles. Does that make sense to you? And you just don't sign up to be an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a teacher or a pastor unless God's called you to those things. But I'm going to show you here in Scripture today, I believe that some people sitting here have been called to those things. You follow me? Some of you are sitting on your calling. You don't want to step out of that calling because it's big and it's scary. Yeah? And some of you haven't pressed into God to receive that calling. God already has a plan for your life. When he called you to be saved, he has a call sitting here waiting to be placed upon you. But you haven't received that call because you're not looking for it. In fact, you'd like to stay away from it. You're in one of those two categories today because God wants us all to do something. Yeah? He wants us all to do something. Come on, sis. I'm going to 16 for the for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. What we just talked about, right? We're the link between the world and Jesus. We bring them in. We equip them. We teach them. We train them. How would there be any equipping if there wasn't a pastor or if there wasn't a teacher, if there wasn't evangelist? You follow me? How would there be any equipping if there weren't these things? And who gave these things to the church? Jesus. Jesus himself gave these things to the church for, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Who's the body of Christ? That's the church, right? That's us for lifting us up. He gives us these five, this five-fold ministry for lifting up of the church, for the edification of the church. Come on. Till we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, to, the perfect, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children. Church, this is where we're stuck at right here. This is where we're at. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. We don't know what the doctrine is because we haven't read the book. The majority of the church, I'm not saying everyone in here hasn't read the book, but the majority of the church doesn't get into the word and read it and study it for themselves. Are you following me? So we're like children. Paul said, when I was a child, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish ways. The church as a whole, not talking about just Grace Family, but the church body as a whole is tossed to... Why do you think people are jumping ship? They go to this church or that church or this church or that church? We're tossed to and fro. Get mad at each other. My feelings are hurt, right? By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Church, we've got to get past being a child. We've got to get past being a child and become men and women of God. 15 says this. I'm spiritually speaking, I'm talking about. We're talking spiritually here today. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things to him who is the head, Christ. Grow up in Christ, who is our head. Speaking the truth. Come on, sis. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by, by what every joint supplies. Every joint supplies, right? Every part supplies their part. Isn't that what we talked about last week? Y'all were here, right? 
every part is equally important, right? My head would die if my mouth didn't feed it. Does that make sense? So the head's not, you get what I'm saying there. So every, every, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Growth for the body. We, we talked about last week, God added to the church daily. Why aren't we seeing it right here in the local church, though? It's worldwide. He's still adding to the church daily. But this is what we got to do. I've, I've said this all along in a different manner. I said, God's not going to give us what we can't handle. He's not. He's, gonna, he's not going to fill this church up if we can't handle them, if we can't equip them, and we can't teach them, and we can't be good role models to them and be spiritually adults when they get here. He's not going to give it. Isn't that what the scripture right here is saying? It's time to grow up, church. It's time to grow up for the edifying of itself in love. I'm telling you this in love today. I love you. I got to grow up more, too. I've grown a lot since we've got here. I've matured a lot since we came to this church. It's not all on me. We're in this together. It's on all of us. We all have to grow up. We all have to mature. So uh, my next scripture here today is 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31. This goes right along with it. <clears throat> now you are the body of Christ. You, right? All of you. All of us are the same body through the same spirit and the members individually. <clears throat> and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, Second, prophets. Third, teachers. After that, miracles. Talking about some of the same stuff he was talking about over there, right? He's talking about the five-fold ministry again. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, varieties of tongues that, that, that were their varieties of tongues. I need to tell you today, there's three different types of speaking in tongues. I'm going to talk to you about tongues here a little bit today. I'm going to talk to you about being filled with the Holy Ghost. But that's only a piece of the, of the five-fold ministry. Speaking in tongues, right? It's just, it's just a part of it, the power. So, so there's three types of, of tongues. There's tongues and interpretations, right? And what's that for, some of you Bible scholars? Edifying the church, right? There, there's, there's a private prayer language between you and God, right? That edifies you. Because when you speak in a prayer, when, when there's tongues and interpretation, that, let me explain this to you real quick. When there's tongues and interpretations, if Sister Linda speaks in a tongue, she ha- to, to be biblical, she has to know what the meaning of that tongue is. Now, she, she would need to be able to say the, the, the interpretation of that tongue if God didn't give it to someone else. But then, then Brother Andy, he could come forward and he could say the, the interpretation of it, right? If tongues and interpretations can't go out more than three times in one service or it's unbiblical, Right? Don't try that. So then the private prayer language is, as soon as we pray to God in, in English or Japanese or Spanish or whatever language, language it is that we, that we speak, whatever it is, I think today they said in Sunday school class there was over 7,000 languages. Is that correct? And whatever seven, the devil knows them all. So when we speak to God in that language, he begins to go to work immediately to attack that prayer that we've prayed to God. But when you can speak to God in your own private prayer language, the enemy has no idea what that means. You see how important that could be? And then he doesn't affect our faith before God answers that, that prayer. Does that make sense, the way I said that? Does, did, I, did I say it in the right way? So then there's a known language, just like what happened in, in the early church, right? What happened at, at, the, at the upper room experience. They spoke in tongues. And the people around them, everybody on earth had representation there. They all had someone that spoke in their language. It was a known language. This edifies God. It also brings up the people around them, right? But they knew that something was really legitimate there. They all got saved and were baptized in the Holy Ghost themselves. Not all of them did, but 3,000 of them did right there on the spot, right? So there's three different types of tongues. 
So, um, and go ahead. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Sounds like the scripture we read last week, right? Is everybody the head? Is everybody the eye? Is everybody the foot? No, no. Spiritually, it's the same thing. Spiritually, we can't all be everything. But there is a part for you. You may not all be a prophet or an apostle or a teacher, but maybe you're in the ministry of helps, right? Maybe, you're, maybe your ministry is service. Maybe your ministry is to give. Whatever God's called you to do, he'll equip you to do that thing. He'll prepare you to do that thing. Come on, sis. <clears throat> do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? They're talking about that one type of tongue there. Tongues and interpretation is what he's talking about here. But, but everyone can have the gift of speaking in tongues. That is for everyone. I'm going to show you that in Scripture again today, too. Do, oh, go ahead. And 31, but earnestly desire. This is a big word right here, earnestly, right? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. This is where we need to be at today, church. We need to earnestly desire the best gifts. As a church, spiritually, we need to earnestly desire those gifts. We should all be speaking the baptism. We should all be seeking, I mean to say, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? But we should all be looking for our calling also. Yeah? Getting quiet here. Are you thinking about that? Don't want to hear that today, huh? Jesus said after his death and, and, and the resurrection, he, he was talking here, uh, and he'd been on earth for 40 days, or showed himself off to over 500 people that he, was, that he had died and he was resurrected. After he went down, before he came up, the scripture we read, right? In Acts 1, 4, and 5, and we're going to read 8 here, it says this. And being assembled together with them, he commanded Jesus, he, he is Jesus, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to await for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. What is that right there? The promise from the Father, right? He's talking about the Holy Ghost is a promise. The Bible speaks of him as a gift, right, from God. If your dad owned the cattle on a thousand hills and he had a gift for you, why wouldn't you want that gift? Wouldn't that be silly? Not to, I don't want that gift. My rich dad's giving me a gift. I don't want that gift. It's going to empower me for the rest of my life. I don't want that gift. Does that sound crazy? But that's where we're living at, church. We're afraid of the thing we should, be, we should be full of. So for John truly baptized, John the Baptist truly baptized with water, but you shall, this is Jesus talking, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Right? And then we're going to skip a couple verses there and go to eight because I have a lot of verses already. You can go back and read it yourself. But you shall receive power... You shall receive power, right? I want to go back to that word here in just a second, give you the definition. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, or you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, remember all those names right there. Jerusalem, and they were in Jerusalem, right? So they're going to be the witnesses where they were at, as well as in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. All the people from now on, you're going to be my witnesses to when this power comes upon you. This promise that God has promised you, when it comes upon you, you're going to be my witnesses to everyone else he's saying here, right? So power right there, that word power in the concordance means dunamis. Dunamis. Does anybody know what dunamis is? Dunamis means strength, power, ability. It says in the Bible dictionary specifically miraculous power. So if it's specifically miraculous power, this is power for performing miracles. You follow me? Now, we all, see, we, want to, we, all, we all want to see people saved and we want to see all these things done, but, but I don't believe it's just for healing people, right? I don't believe it's just for raising the dead. 
this power I'm talking about, dunamis power. I don't believe it's just for casting out demons. Now, it's available to do these things, but what about when Peter preached and 3,000 people were saved? Wouldn't you say that was a miracle? What about when we had the VBS here at our church and a family of five, a family of five stayed around afterwards? Wouldn't you say that came from the Holy Ghost? That's dunamis power right there. Because anybody, anybody you've ever led to Jesus, that's that power right there from the Holy Ghost. Because the, the Holy Ghost comes to convict and convince. If you don't believe me that that's the truth, what I'm saying to you right now is, let me tell you this story about this guy who flies around on a sled with a bunch of deer pulling him around. And he flies up into the outer atmosphere. Are you following me? And he brings a lot of junk to my house. I can't imagine the size this wagon's got to be that he's pulling behind this thing to do this to every kid in the earth. And he makes it around the world in one night. Could I talk you into believing that? It takes the Holy Ghost. It takes the Holy Ghost for you to convince anybody that Jesus came because I had sinned, my ancestors had sinned, and and he came and he died on a cross, right? Without ever holding a public office, he changed the world. Without being rich, he changed the world. Are you following me? He came and he did all these things he did, and he died and then he rose again from the dead, and then he flew up off the earth without a jetpack on and went up into heaven. Are you following me? But we believe that. It takes the Holy Ghost. It, it's, it's a fact, but it takes the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm saying. It's a miracle. This is that miraculous power that I'm talking about. Miraculous power. The power from the Holy Ghost is important, right? It's a promise to us. First thing, we've already seen that in the Word, right? It's the power for us. You should write this down because it's good. It's a promise to us. It's the power for us, and it takes the limitations from us. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? takes the limitations of our life because the Holy Ghost and fire takes control instead of me being in control and figuring out how I'm going to do it, right? So Acts 2 and 4. Now, remember what Jesus said here. They're going to receive power, and they're going to be witnesses in all these places. Jerusalem, where they're at right now, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Everywhere they're going to be when this power comes upon them, he says. Right? And you remember now, Peter was a timid man before this. Peter denied Christ three times. You remember all the things that he did, right? So in, in Acts 2 and 4, we're going to pick up here. They, they went after Acts 1 and 8, they went and cast lots. They were trying to replace that, that 12th disciple. They were trying to replace Judas, who had betrayed Jesus and ultimately committed suicide. They were doing those things. So then it, it goes on to say, you got Acts 2, 1 through 4, sis? <clears throat> 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. Now, hold on right there one second. The day of Pentecost had fully come. Pent means 50, right? This was a celebration. It, it, it meant 49 Days or seven Sabbaths is what Pentecost actually is. Seven Sabbaths from, from when he died to when he or when he died and res, was resurrected until where, when this this festival of, of harvest actually is what it was. The festival of harvest was on Pentecost, right? So, forty nine days later, when it had fully come, why do you think he waited till that till that festival was fully come? Think about this now. They were going to be his witnesses to the end of the earth. Yeah, are you catching on right here? So, so when this day of Pentecost, there was devout religious men from all over. They, they, they were there from like 16 different countries. They had representation from all over the world. They were there at this time to see what happened here next. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So they started this fire right off the bat, and it spread around the whole world that fast. Come on, sis. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Filled the whole place up. Three... <clears throat> Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and set upon each of them. And they were all filled. How many? 
not just part of them, right? All filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, as the Spirit spoke through them, right? So the disciples were baptized right here, 11 of them, baptized right here in the upper room, right? Jesus was baptized. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to, I'm going to give you the scriptures. If you're writing it down, write down Luke 20, Luke Luke chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, right? It's, it was Jesus came down like a, or the Holy Ghost came as a dove, set on Jesus' head. And after that, it says that after that, the, that, that after the Spirit landed on his head, then, then Jesus began his ministry. He was 30 years old. It says in that scripture right there, 30 years old, after the Spirit. See, he told the disciples, don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. Is this a picture of the church? Physically, we're here, church. Physically, we show up on Sunday. What do we do in spiritually, though? What are you doing to press into God spiritually? He told the disciples, don't go anywhere. Jesus' ministry didn't start till he got filled with the Holy Ghost. The disciples' ministry didn't start till they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Yet we're trying to do this without that power. The church is trying to do this without, I'm not just talking about Grace Family. I'm talking about the church as a whole. We're trying to minister to the world. We're trying to be that link from the world into Jesus Christ without that dunamis power that he's promised us. That gift that he said he would give us. Yet we don't even press into that thing. The majority of the church is not even pressing into that thing. Getting real quiet here. Right where I need to be at, huh? We're not even pressing into God like that. We're not even looking for more spiritual things. We may be looking for more jobs we could do at the church. We may be looking for, for, for physical things. We get up physically. We get up physically. We come to church. We get ourselves dressed. We put on our best duds. Are you following me? But what are you doing spiritually for the body? What are we doing spiritually for the body? So, so after this, he began his ministry. And you may say, well, preacher, he did do a miracle before this because he turned, he turned water into wine at the wedding. But what did he say to his mom when she pushed him out on that thing, though? He said, woman, my hour has not yet come. Right? My hour, and, and, and some, could have, some people say that was, <clears throat> but couldn't it, couldn't it have at least meant that he wasn't ready because he wasn't baptized with the Holy Ghost yet. Some people say, though, that the time has not yet come because he, when, he, when he made that wine, it would reveal himself as the Son of God, right? To clear Mary's name. Think about this. Because Mary had a son out of wedlock, Jesus Christ, who was, some people might not have believed that. Can you see that? Who was supposed to be born, she was a virgin, had a son born from a virgin, right? So when Jesus started performing these miracles and proved that he was the Son of God, it cleared his mother's name. Some people can say it was because of that, but, but I would like to think that at least it's because he wasn't ready yet spiritually. Jesus grew in stature with man, and, and remember that? With man and with God. So he grew. So if Jesus' disciples needed this, this gift, this power, this dunamis, and Jesus needed this dunamis, then surely I need the Holy Ghost. Surely you need the Holy Ghost. We need this power today. The Holy Ghost is not to be confused with salvation, though. A lot of times you ask people if they're saved, and they'll say, yeah, I've been baptized. I've been baptized. I was baptized back when I was 12 years old at the Blah Blah Church down there. Or, or I was baptized over here. Being baptized does not mean you're saved. It's not what the Bible says. It says no man come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. You have to ask Jesus for forgiveness to be saved. Then you can be baptized in water. John's baptism. Remember he talked about John's baptism a while ago. Did we read that? Or is that another scripture? I think we talked about John's baptism. If we didn't, we're about to. Oh, we're about to talk about John's baptism. It's in Acts 19, 2 through 6. We're going to read this too. But, but they said we were baptized in John's baptism. which was just baptism in the water, right? It makes you look different. When you, get in, when you get in that baptismal and you come in, and gray is a great color to make a difference. 
that makes, that makes the most difference when it's wet, I think. But when you come into that baptismal, you, you come up and you're dry and everything's good. And then they say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they bring you down and back up and you look different. Everybody can tell that you're wet. You're infused with water. Hair drip or water dripping out of your hair. If I had hair, it would drip off mine, but it just runs down to my face. Hair drip or water dripping off your clothes. There's water just pouring out of your clothes on the steps on the other side of the baptism when you come out. Are you following me? That's being baptized in water, right? But being baptized in the Holy Ghost is when you're, when you're infused with that power like that. So, so you receive the Holy Ghost when you're saved. Where I'm going with this is you receive the Holy Ghost when you're saved. He comes and lives inside of you, makes you spiritually alive. The Bible says that the Spirit speaks to us through our spirit, right? The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, right, speaks to me through my spirit. So he lives inside of me from that point forward. But this dunamis power that I'm talking about comes from being baptized in the Spirit, completely infused with the Spirit, submerged in the Spirit. Are you following me? It's two different experiences. So Jesus was already saved and the disciples were already saved, right? Would anybody argue with me and say Jesus was not going to go to heaven before the dove landed on his head? I wouldn't think so. Because Jesus was already saved. He was on his way. The disciples were already saved. They were on their way, right? So in Acts, I'm going to have three points here, actually. Acts 19, 2 through 6, talks about being, uh, that they already received. He said to them, this is Paul, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, right? When they got saved. When they believed, they were saved, right? That's how you're saved, by through, through believing and confessing. So, so they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. This, were, this was a group of believers that Paul came across that, that he hadn't met yet, but they had heard about the gospel of Christ, right? Does that make sense? So they hadn't even heard whether there was a Holy Spirit or not. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they, so they said, into John's baptism. John the Baptist, right? They were baptized in water. So then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that, that they should believe on him, on Jesus, uh, who would come after him, that is on Jesus Christ, or on Christ Jesus. And, and 5 says... <clears throat> Then, then they heard this, they, or when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied, right? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. You see, there's two different baptisms there, right? One baptism of water to show that, that the old, down with the old man, up with the new man. I'm not going to live the same way that I was living before. Does that make sense to you? And then the other one is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So Acts 13, 50 through 52, I want to show you something else here. This is saying that you can be refilled. And Sister Linda asked me a question about this one time, and I never could find the scripture on it. Sister Linda, you got a notebook back there? Here's the scripture you asked me for. But the Jews stirred up the devout and, and, and prominent women, and the chief men of the city raised up persecution against, who's this? Paul and Barnabas. This is the same Paul that Jesus knocked off his horse, right? was traveling around with Barnabas and expelled them from the region. Acts 13, 50 through 52, I think it is, Sister Linda. But they shook off the dust from their feet. Who's they? Paul and Barnabas, right? Paul and Barnabas shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And 52 says, and the disciples, which disciples? Paul and Barnabas, right? Were filled with the joy and with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the joy in the Holy Spirit. This is in Acts 13 now. Paul was originally filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 9, 17 through 19, when Ananias came and laid hands on him and prayed, and the scales fell off, and it says he was baptized in the Holy Ghost in chapter 9. Now we're reading about Paul being baptized again 
in chapter 13. Folks that's been filled with the Holy Ghost before, maybe we need another dose. Maybe we need to press. I'm just saying, you're not too old. Spiritually, you're not too old. You still need to press into God. We still need to press into God. Look for more of him, want more, more, more of his power, more of this dunamis power. I'm not just talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about your calling. What is your calling in this body? What are you supposed to be in this body? You're not just, surely you're not just called here to sit in the chair. We're all supposed to be something in this body, both physically and spiritually, right? Acts, 20, or Acts 2, 38 and 39. <clears throat> and then this is after Peter preached, right after, the, right after the upper room experience that I just read to you about, right, when the Holy Ghost came in. And, and then the devout men from all over, well, I didn't read that part, but the devout men from all over came and said, how is this that we're hearing these uneducated men, these fishermen, they're talking in our language, speaking perfect language, our, our perfect language in 16 different languages. How is it that they're doing this, right? And, and then they accused them of being drunk, and Peter said, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. No way, we're not drunk, we haven't drank anything, this is the Spirit of God come on us. Are you following me? So after this happened, and, and, and he preached, and then they said, well, what, what do we need to do to get this right? He said, you killed Jesus. You killed the Son of God. And they said, what do we have to do to get it right? And, and then Peter says in 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And this is that first baptism right here, right? The water baptism. For the remission of sins, down with the old man, up with the new. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's the gift of the Holy Spirit? The same one that Jesus was talking about in Acts chapter, or, or chapter 1, verse 8, right? That same gift. Come on. <clears throat> For the promise is to you and to your children, so it was to them back then, to their children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Who's God called? Everybody, if you're sitting here and you call yourself a Christian, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe that story about Jesus dying and being resurrected again for our sins so we can be reconciled back to God, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. This gift of the Holy Ghost is for you. It's for everybody. This dunamis power is for everybody who's a believer. We have to receive it. We have to not just sit here and and wait for it to fall. It's not going to fall on your head. Let me tell you that. It's not going to fall on your head. You've got to seek it out. You've got to seek him out. It's not an it, it's a him. So this promise or this gift, this dunamis, miraculous power caused Peter's shadow to heal people. Remember that? They dragged people out in the road and Peter would walk by. Caused Paul's clothes to heal people. Are you following me? Caused Peter to raise Dorcas from the dead in Acts 9, 36 through 41. Peter raised some of the dead through this miraculous power we're talking about. But church, today, can I tell you this, though? In, the, in, in this day when they wrote this book, speaking in tongues was normal as drinking a glass of water. But today, the church is afraid of it. We're afraid of it. Afraid of that very thing that we should be full of. And why are we afraid of it? Ask yourself that today. Why are you afraid of it? Why are you afraid of that power? Why are you afraid of this? Because it's the unknown. It's the unknown. We don't understand it completely. Church, that's where our faith comes in. If we could understand everything completely, then we wouldn't be relying on him. Are you following me? It's because for some of us, we don't want to relinquish control. Yeah? Fits some of you don't want to really, fits me. I'm a control nut. I don't like to relinquish control. And it was very hard for me to feel. Some, some of us are holding on to sin. Some of us just plain and simple aren't living right. We haven't, we haven't completely repented. It hasn't been completely down with the old and up with the new. 
And why would you be infused with the Spirit? Why would God infuse you with, your spirit, with His Spirit and give you the power if you're hanging on to sin? If you're still living in something where you shouldn't be living at? He's a great big God, though, and He's got great big grace. We can get this right today, right? It doesn't have to be a public thing. I need to tell you that. I wasn't baptized with the Holy Ghost in public. It happened to me when I was at home with my wife and, and wasn't even expected it. I had been prayed for several times to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Look for it, look for it, look for it. And the church I grew up in, I call them old school Pentecostals, but they would always say, say it, say it, say it, say it. And they'd be up in your face, spit flat on your face, and, and, and hold you there for a long period of time. And, and all these things would be going on, and then you'd walk back and do the walk of shame to the back of the room. And everybody's looking at you, and they're thinking, what do they, they think I'm a big, some kind of big sinner or something. What's this kid doing? And he didn't get it, and you all know what I'm talking about. It goes through all of our minds. It goes through all of our minds. So it doesn't have to be public. You can come down here today and press into God. Ask God for it. He can give it to you there. He gave it to me sitting in our bed. We came home. I've told this story many times in the church before. We came home, and, and me and Brenda were just praising God. We were singing out loud to God, and it was an awkward thing to get into and I, it, there's a long longer version of the story but i'm telling the convinced condensed version so we were just praying god and singing to god and and then we we decided to move to our bedroom and we were sitting on our bed and we were we were still just praising god and brenda put her hand on me she was she was filled with the holy ghost when she was a girl she put her hand on me and the spirit just came over me and and those words just started to come out of my mouth and it was it, it's that evidence the same thing you see when you come up and you're wet it's that it's it's infused with the power of god with the evidence of speaking in tongues that's what it is. And it doesn't have to be public. It can be public, but it doesn't have to be. So, so, but we need to seek him earnestly. And I know I've been talking about tongues a lot today because that's the thing that we can see. It's, it's evidenced by speaking in tongues. But all those other things, too, that calling that we talked about, that he talked about today, we're all part of the body. Are you not? We're all part of this thing. We're all, we're all a piece of the puzzle. What's your call today? What's your call today? What's God want? What's his purpose for... for calling you it says he puts he puts every member in the body that pleases him right so what was his purpose for calling you here you have some reason to be here right so we should be earnestly seeking that thing seeking out gifts of of tongues tongues and interpretations all those things if he wants you to be a great minister come up out of this church hey great that's awesome i'd love to see that happen i wouldn't be jealous at all if if god rose up a, a great minister out of this church that that would be awesome however the best I can figure is those guys were in that upper room for eight days. Eight days, right? Because I told you the Pentecost where there was, Pent means 50, right? Pent means 50, so there was 49 Sabbaths, so there was 49 days. He showed himself off for 40 days. Showed himself off for 40 days, and it says there was, it was a Sabbath day journey from where they were to Jerusalem. So that's 41 days, right? And 49, so there was eight days left for them to be in the upper room. Eight days they were in there. We can't wait on God for eight minutes. Think about it. When's the last time you pressed into God and got in your prayer closet? Think about it. Looking for what he wants from us. How long were you there? How long did it last for you? It's hard to do. Our minds wander all over the place. We haven't trained ourselves. We've allowed allowed our minds and our flesh to get the best of us. Church, his word says, seek earnestly the best gifts. Seek earnestly. Could I get a red bout at this time? Daddy, we thank you for this day, Lord, and we love you, Father. We praise your mighty name, Lord. I pray that you would touch this church today, Lord, this body, Father God. And Lord, I pray that you would quicken us, Lord, to seek, seek you out earnestly, Father God. Seek out the calls that you place in our lives, Daddy. Lord, we pray this to you in Jesus' name, Father. I pray that you would seek out 
cause us to seek out your spirit, Father God, to be infused with your spirit, Father God, to want more of you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would quicken us to this this day, Father God. In Jesus' name, we pray these things, Daddy. Have your way in our lives, Lord. Soften our hearts, Lord. I pray that you would continue to change us, Lord. Not let us just get so far, Lord, and just become settled, Lord, and, and, and become at ease with where we're at, Lord. Comfortable with where we're at, Daddy. But, but poke us and prod us, Lord, and cause us to move along, Father. I pray this to you spiritually, I'm talking about, Daddy. Cause this church body to grow up, Father God, that we can handle what you want us to do, Lord. Your purpose for us in this, in this body, Lord. Thank you for this, Dad, and we praise you for this, Father God. Lord, I pray for each and every person here today, Dad, that you would, that you would not let us forget these words, Father God, but cause us to continue to dig into your word, Lord, to pray, Lord, and spend time with you, Lord, earnestly seeking you out, Father God, that relationship with you, Father. Lord, I pray that you would cause us to do this this week, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray these things, Dad, and I pray that you would keep us safe spiritually and physically, Father God. Touch us financially, Father. Lord, just keep us safe and bring us back here on Wednesday, Daddy, with a gift. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.